So let's open our Bible this morning to Hebrews 13. Hebrews 13, verse 15. Hebrews 13, verse 15. I hope we are all there. Therefore, let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. Amen. And then let's turn to Psalm 96. Psalm 96. Psalm 96, verse 1 to 9. Sing a new song to the Lord. Let the whole earth sing to the Lord. Sing to the Lord, praise his name. Each day proclaim the good news that he saves. Publish his glorious deeds among the nations. Tell everyone about the amazing things he does. Great is the Lord, is most worthy of praise, is to be feared above all gods. The gods of other nations are mere idols, but the Lord made the heavens, honor the majesty, surround him. Strength and beauty fills his sanctuary. All nations of the world, Recognize the Lord. Recognize that the Lord is glorious and strong. Give to the Lord the glory he deserves. Bring your offering and come into his court. Worship the Lord in all his holy splendor. Let all the air tremble before him because he is our God. Amen. This is the word that the Lord has given to his children this morning. Amen. Shall we have our seats? This morning, the man that God has prepared for us is our own papa of the house, Reverend Dr. Fred Digby. We used to call him Pastor Fred. He's the one who is coming to give us the word. Shall we recognize him? Thank you. Hello. Praise the Lord. Today is supposed to be a special day, and so I'm watching the dynamics of it. Singing unto the Lord, or singing congregational songs unto the Lord. It's not going to be preaching the word of God as such, but it's going to be a combination of preaching teaching, and demonstration. So I will invite you to be present with body, soul, and spirit. Uh, let us pray. Our gracious God and Master, we come before you today. We thank you for who you are to us, with us, and that through us you can minister to your people. Holy Spirit, we affirm your presence here as we talk about singing to the Lord, our Lord. Teach us what we ought to know. Lord, meet us at our point of need. And may the lessons taught today be written indelibly in our hearts to guide the way we worship you and deepen our fellowship with you. This and much more I pray for in Jesus, our Lord and Savior's name. Amen. I had a chance to go back to school somewhere around the 2000s. And one of the courses I enjoyed was worship in the church. And what I'm going to share with you today is part of what I learned. We do it here, we call it free flow worship, but it's been a long time since we even shared or understood what really we are doing. Today, as I was meditating on coming to preach and teach about this, singing to the Lord, I just felt impressed upon by the Holy Spirit to help us to go back to this simple concept that takes you along scripture into a worship, reverential worship of God. And as an introduction, you can see even from some of the protocols we are observing that 
There are a number of things we do before we get here. If I take out my mask, you'll probably hear me very well. But it is one of the protocols that are required this time. And they say, if you are within two meters or one meter from people, they are safe. So I am covered somehow. But when you come to the entrance, what do you do over there? You go and wash your hands. After washing your hands, what do you do? Take your temperature. Or they sanitize you, take your temperature. After temperature, they record your name. Then you climb the stairs and you come up here. All these steps help us come prepared to worship God. But because for us in the 21st century, it is not part of our normal tradition, we just go through it. Let this Let's get rid of it quickly and let's come and do the real thing. But in the worship of God, all these preliminary protocols were required. God is a holy God. God is a God of order. God is a God of decency. God is a majestic God. Excuse my language. And therefore, you don't go into his presence by heart. There's order. And anywhere that people have try to worship God without that order, they had paid for it. Today we're going to learn about that order and go through that order next 25 to 30 minutes. I will not be able to go through all of it for one hour, two hours, three hours, but to introduce you to it and the choice of music is necessary that it was necessary for me to rehearse with the choir, with the choir masters, they chose the songs, the temple. So there's been a lot of preparation that has gone into this. We invite you as congregation to join us now. Go to the slide. It's easier for me to see from here than there. So I'll be turning my back, back and forth. What are the three purposes of congregational singing? When we read Psalm 96, the psalmist is clear. It's like singing is almost a command. Sing unto the Lord a new song. But what is he telling us the purpose of the singing is? It is not just a matter of making noise and just, as some say, singing is organized noise. So if it's not organized, it's just noise. The psalmist is far from that. He tells us exactly what we are supposed to do and what that singing to the Lord is supposed to achieve. Three simple things. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Praise his name. Praise. So you see praise there. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Proclamation is preaching or teaching. Go to the next verse. Declare. Declaring his glory among the nations. So it should be a testimony of his marvelous deeds among all the people. Let's take the last one. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. So the three principal things we learn about singing unto the Lord when we are singing, when we come to church to sing to the Lord, is that singing is commanded, but the singing is not just a command, it's co it is commanded to achieve a purpose. We should be mindful that it is prayer. So you actually can sing your prayer. I've had occasion to work with some of the Orthodox churches, and you see, they say, let us pray, and they sing the song. You call them chants or canticles or bibinyum. You see them and they are so passionate about it. It is prayer. Apart from that, it is, of course, praise. They are praising God. And then they are proclaiming his goodness. They are declaring his goodness. It is preaching. So let us be mindful as Protestants or as evangelicals. Sometimes when we come to church, they are singing. We're just singing. We're just singing. And some of us almost sing autopilot. We are not sure what the song refers to, why we are to do it, and what it means. Please, when you make that effort to come before God, when you sit in your devotion, when you take your Bible, be sure that you get that spiritual vitality and nutrition from being, your, being in the presence of God. Free flow worship 
is what I learned in that year 2000, one of the many things we learned about congregational prayer, congregational praise. Free flow worship is a service in which the music or the rhythm does the main talking. So, the songs that chose, the tempo, the beat, the content, and all of that, does the talking. And that's why we call it free flow worship. And whenever we've tried it, you can see song after song after song going on for 30 minutes, 45 minutes, one hour, with very little talking, and yet having an effect on you. It's aimed at engaging you, your head, your heart, your feeling, your body. So you'll be getting music. There'll be occasions where you stop and say, let us pray. There'll be different types of postures today. What type of postures? There'll be about six stages or six steps. Now, for those who are familiar with the picture of the tabernacle or the temple, it was into sections. We'll see the sections today and we'll follow those sections. And all of those sections required people to draw closer to God by getting a certain form of motion or emotion in place. We'll attempt a little bit of that today. But when you see the flow, the six steps have different forms of postures. When we enter, according to Psalm 1, Psalm 100 verses 3 and 4, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Definitely, that is thanksgiving and praise. And all those who are able will stand and will be praising God. And the rhythm is such that if you get it, if you get the tempo, Nobody has to tell you to either sing, clap, dance, or shake your body a little bit. Then you go to the next one. Oh, sacrifice. We see from the architecture what exactly the Lord is talking about. That one, you sit. Then you move to the third step or third level, which is cleansing and forgiveness. Oh, yes. You know you have sinned against the Lord. You're asking him for forgiveness. You are begging him. You pray a prayer over there and ask him to forgive you. When you have assurance that he has forgiven you, you adore him and you worship him because now you are getting to the place where the presence of God is, where some elements are. That shows that you are getting to the presence of God. And of course, then you get to the presence where your Lord is. What do you do? You kneel there. It's almost as if, let me give you another scenario. You've been invited to see the president or the prime minister or some powerful king or the Asantehene, and uh, you draw close to the castle, you draw close to the presidential lodge, you sit at the car park, you're waiting, they say, come to the corridor, you come there, then they say, go inside to see the president. You don't go straight. You go somewhere, they scan you, you do all kinds of things, then you go and sit in one lobby after another lobby, and as you get there, your attitude begins to change. Your heart begins to beat differently. When you go and sit in front of the president, you see the size of the room, you see the table he sits under, all those things are meant to intimidate you. And no matter whether you come from Inshona or you come from my hometown, you can shout. When you are in that room, your language becomes soft. You come to the presence of God. So we'll take it by one. Now, some are not able to kneel. Let me tell you a joke about kneeling. Now, there's this person who says he's not able to kneel. If you're not able to kneel or stand and do any of these things, at least do what the little child did. Do what the little child did. The mother said, boy, sit down. Say, mommy, why do you want me to sit down? I want to see all the cars around me. Say, sit down. It's not safe for you. Say, mommy, I am sitting down because you said so. But in my heart, I am standing up. Hello, you get me. Uh, I don't. <laughs> so, if for some technical reasons you are not able to stand or sit or kneel, at least in your heart, you must be able to do what? Follow these. Maybe in the privacy of your room. Maybe you have something that you hold when you are able to. These altars are created at this level to allow people to just come here and kneel down and pray if you want to. So, let's start. Father, lead us and guide us. Holy Spirit, lead us into this time of worship. Spirit of the living God, because you are with us here. This is not a rehearsal. This is worship. 
as you go into this free flow worship for the next few minutes. We know you are here with us. And you will lead us and guide us into this free flow worship of your presence as we stand and enter your gates with thanksgiving and your courts with praise. Here is a temple you are coming to the presence of God to see the majesty of the King. And as we hear the songs that are chosen, you respond appropriately. Excuse me. Because of the protocols of the time, you don't need to shout. You don't need to shout. There should be absolutely no need to shout. Just respond in your heart. See what you can say. Move your body a little bit. Just respond. No shouting. No, no yelling. Nothing. Oh, we bring sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. We bring sacrifice of praise. So here are the worshippers going into the house of God. According to Psalm 100, they are coming. Praises, they are thanksgiving. in and in the courtyard there are two elements there there's the bronze altar and then the bronze laver and all these things had to do with sin the brazen altar where they will sacrifice the animals 
the bronze lava where they are sanctified. God water you, you wash you, that your sins have been forgiven. So all that you did before was just to get yourself ready to enter into his house. That today, Lord, I thank you that I am among the living. Today, Father, I praise you. I'm in February. You have brought me thus far. I've come into your house. But Lord, search me. Lord, cleanse me. Lord, what? am I okay with you? Here you can sit and ask the Spirit of the living God to search you. Spirit of the living God, search me. Spirit of the living God, no, just bring it to the Lord. Invite the Lord's presence. Any sin that the Holy Spirit has pointed out to you, sins of commission, sins of omission, things that you ought to have done that you have not done, just ask God to cleanse you. See, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess, it's faithful and just to forgive you. Is it lying? Is it cheating? Is it kalabule? Is it gossip? Is it faithlessness? Is it refusing or forgetting to witness to somebody? What is it? Oh, just come to him. Yes, before those people, there was a brazen altar. There was a lava there where you'll be cleansed and sanctified. The Lord can forgive your sins only when you confess them to him. And he even takes the initiative to draw your attention to it. So beloved, you've come to his house. Are you afraid of the future? Are you on good terms with your husband, with your wife, with your employer? Are you doing your best at work? Are you being fruitful and productive? What is it that will make you dirty before the Lord as He shines His light on you? You are going before this president. If they go and play 
a CCTV there, what would they find about you? If they go and play a recording about you in the presence of your God, what would he hear? What, what would they be telling him? This is the time when he draws your attention to it. Say, Lord, forgive me. Lord, forgive me. Lord, cleanse me. He answers prayer. He answers prayer. He's always willing. If you confess I hear him. the Savior's name. And when you do it, he's willing to forgive you. Now what Jesus came for, let's stand up together. Or receive his forgiveness. That's what he came for. Jesus paid it all. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin and laughter gives his strength. In what it worth us for the cross. cleansing and forgiveness, you can only boast about one thing, if you even want to boast. You can only talk about the forgiveness of Jesus. Just as I am, without one plea. Oh, just worship him. We are thanking him, we are praising him, we are adoring him and say, Lord, it is you who has made it possible for me to come into your presence. Testament times at this point they will only be thanking God because the sheep they brought the bull they brought the blood they shed they think it has been accepted 
So they'll be hoping, oh, the lamb has been accepted, the ram has been accepted. And when even people decided to cheat them that your ram is not clean, buy an expensive one, they'll buy it and sacrifice it. But for you and I, for you and I, the spotless lamb of God is the one who has been sacrificed for us, who has forgiven your sins. He shed his own blood for you that you may be able to come into the presence of God. Can you just thank him? Lord, I just thank you. I thank you. I have nothing to boast about. I have all because you've given it to me. Just be quiet before him. No music. Just before you, between you and the Lord, just come to him. Thank you for that priceless gift. That priceless gift. If we're buying a ram for half a million cities, we're just going to slaughter it and they'll burn it. Are you sure? That will assure you that your sins are forgiven. Oh, blood of Jesus. Blood of Jesus avails for us. Father, we thank you. Lord, we praise you. Lord, we honor you. So you are the King of kings, the Lord of lords. To you alone be glory, praise and honor. Hallelujah. Amen. Please be seated as we continue. Now, the steps we've taken so far, the entrance, the sacrifice, and the cleansing. Now, go back, go back to it. This is only you enter and you enter the courtyard. Go back to the this, this slide. You enter and you are now, you are only in the courtyard. These are only the protocols for the courtyard. Hallelujah. These are what? Protocols for where? The courtyard. You have not come even into the holy place, let alone the holy of holies. The temple had, or the tabernacle had three places. The entrance court, you go to the courtyard, then you go to the holy place, you go to the holy of holies. You get to me? So go back, the outdoor there. So all we are now, where we are, confessing, we are there. We have not even entered the room yet. Are you okay with me? We have not entered. Now, there is a barrier there. There's a, well, this in tree they say in Tumadang, so it's a tent. But you see, there's a barrier. How do you get there? If you are not clean and you get there, well, if you come out, then you are also something. But you have to be sure that I'm getting there and His grace will bring me out. This is where we are now coming to his presence with adoration. Sometimes we call it worship. The whole thing is worship. But we are coming with adoring him. Just the beauty of being in the presence of God. The gratitude of being in the presence of God. The thankfulness that he has accepted you in him. You come with adoration. You move to an encounter. Getting closer to the Lord. And then finally, when you come and say, what do you want? You go before him in supplication. So now we are going to the fourth step, which is adoration. We are now in that beautiful house. Look at how it is decorated. Very simple furniture. In that courtyard, they had a table of showbread. The table that showed the manner that they were fed all these 40 years. They had the altar of incense. They had the lampstand. And whatever Jesus did for us, he covered all those things. The altar of incense, Christ is our incense. He is our incense. He took care of it. The altar of the covenant. Christ is our everlasting covenant. The mercy seat. Christ is the one who provided mercy for us. He delivered us from the shackles of sin and the penalty of sin. What would you do when you are now almost, let me take you to the world or take me to the presidency. You are now almost at the president's reception. If you've ever been there before, in the, in the Jubilee House. The reception is huge. It is big. It is finished. You sit down there in one of those chairs, they reduce your size. You can see your level. Now you are in the presence of God. The reception, I think, is almost about half of this room. You sit down there, you say you're waiting for the president, then you know that you are getting somewhere. Let's now go before the Lord, adoring him. 
We adore him because he's the immortal, invisible, only wise God. We sing it, amen and amen, blessings and glory. We sing it tonight, just imagine that you are going before this God and you want to engage, you want to connect with him, you want him to connect with you. Oh, what a joy that you've been able to pass the preliminaries and you are coming before him. Shall we stand together? See, this is just introduction. Because after this, it will be in our psyche, it will be in our flow. We will worship along these lines. But now you've come to step five, where you are now entering the Holy of Holies. If you've ever read the book of Revelation, in the presence of God, there are angels. There are 24 elders. You, Fred, you, Amma, you, Kofi, you entered into the presence of God. Jesus is there. The Holy Spirit is there. Say, Lord, we brought your son. Will you be standing in front there beside Jesus and the Holy Spirit that me too I have come? Is that what you normally do? I'm not sure you can do that. 
If you can do that, then you too are a character. But you are permitted to do that. You can't even do that and say, Lord, I have arthritis. Because arthritis would have left you by that time. You can't do that. You cannot. You've been put in the presence of the president. Well, it depends on the... I won't even go to the human beings too much. Because we are not talking about human level here. So when, by the time they come to the presence, the encounter, you don't argue with God. Ask the father of John the Baptist. What happened there? Nobody comes there. They put a chain around your waist. And when you collapse in the presence of God, they will draw you back and rescue you. So when he went, whatever he saw, when he doubted it, ah, he paid the price for it with his silence. Christ has made it possible for us to come. And by implication, the curtain has been torn by Christ from top to bottom. Hallelujah. And we can now come to the Father. We can come boldly before the Father. Coming boldly before the Father does not mean arrogance. No, no, no. It means holy fear, holy respect. The posture of kneeling shows that type of attitude. And then the words that you choose, you are my all in all. You are awesome in this place. When they alpha the omega. As you sing them to the Lord, about the Lord, about who he is, not about you. This is not about you. About you, that will be the last step. When you say, what do you want? Then now you say, what I want. Step five. Stage five. If you can kneel, kneel. If you want to stand, stand. If you want to lie on the floor, you are my all in all. Visit your people. You are the treasure. Your presence, oh Lord God. You are my only God. Oh, seeking you as the precious not to give up. I'll be a fool. You are my only.
Thank you. Thank you. At this point in time, you can expect reactions. You can expect overflow of the Spirit. You can't expect it. I find myself weeping. But we can't go on and on and on. It's just a demonstration. We'll end stage seven. We'll not even stage six. We'll not even say anything to the Lord. But just say, Lord, we trust you. I am trusting thee, Lord Jesus. While still on your knees. I say, Lord, whatever burden I brought to you, whatever needs I brought to you, whatever intercession I brought to you, whatever crime I came to confess to you, whatever thing, Lord, I just leave them there. Because just meeting you, you have touched me. I am trusting you, Lord Jesus, because all and all and all and all I live at your feet. you leave and the president told you I've heard you I've granted your request or God is saying I've heard you I've granted your request what happens you are so excited with thanksgiving you are so excited with praise and just the way you started you end that way again with thanksgiving this time I've been touched we'll do that as we bring our tithes and our offerings to the Lord as we that's the seventh part of it. Just adding it. The Lord, I thank you. Take your tithe. Take your offering. Take your giving. Please stand. Yeah, please stand or sit. We'll come before him again. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we praise you. Lord, we honor you. Who, who are you? Who are we that we can come into your presence? With even this experiment, with even this feeble attempt, you have proven yourself strong on our behalf. As we give back to you the tithes and the offering and the project offerings. We are yours. You are all in all. Without you we are nothing. To your Lord be glory, praise and honor. Amen. Hallelujah. Come in.
Open the eyes of the blind. There's no one like you. Not like you. Not like you. You can join with the clock into the darkness. Into the darkness. Out of the ashes. Come on. Out of the ashes. There's no one like you. Not like you. Say. Not like you. Hey. I got a straight up. Say. I got a straight up. I got a stronger. I you a to the Lord, be the glory, great things he has done, unto the Lord, be the glory, great things he has done 
unto the Lord, be the glory. Great things He has done. Yeah. <laughs> 